This is Connected Nation, an award-winning podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we focus on one of the largest organizations in the country that's advocating for digital inclusion, the National Digital Inclusion Alliance, also known as NDIA. The organization just released its first impact report since its founding in 2015. Find out what steps it's taken to narrow the digital divide, what success it has seen as a result, and why the group calls this Digital Equities Moment. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson, and today we're talking with Yvette Scores, who serves as the Communications Director for the National Digital Inclusion Alliance, also known as NDIA. Welcome, Yvette. Thanks so much for having me, Jessica. We're very excited about talking about this report, but I like to give our audience a little bit of background on our guests before we dive into a topic. So you joined the NDIA a year ago. Tell us a little about your career leading up to the moment that you joined this organization. Yeah, um, well, I'd love to dive a little further back because I think where I am today in my career really got started in my background in technology and the fact that I had opportunities at a young age I, to use a computer and to gain skills. Um, I grew up in a white middle class family and had my first computer at home when I was 11 with dial up and my family went into debt for it. But, um, you know, we had that at our disposable. Um, And I went to the University of Arkansas. I studied journalism and Spanish and taught English in Madrid for five years. So not really adjacent to the digital (laughs) inclusion sphere. Um, But I landed back in the DC area, um, started a job at a nonprofit and then ended up at Bite Back um, and grew there over six years um, and was the communications director at Bite Back. Um, And Biteback is actually an affiliate organization of NDIA. It's based in Washington, D.C. and offers inclusive tech training. So that was a great experience for me. I worked really closely with our CEO at the time, Elizabeth Lindsay, um, and really explored becoming a national leader in the digital inclusion space um, and was a part of a lot of cool projects, including leading Biteback's rebranding, um, which helped us toward expansion. And Biteback did expand to a second site while while I was there in Baltimore. Um, they're still doing great things there in Baltimore and in D.C. So shout out to everyone at Biteback. I, I think uh, that's a really great point you made at the start of what you were saying about that you being in, um, you know, a white neighborhood, middle class, that you were able to get a computer. That's not really that's not really feasible for everybody. Correct. That's part of what digital inclusion is about. Right. And seeing the disparities of, you know, what I experienced as a young person and then um, the adults that I worked with at Biteback, for example, um, really shaped my um, dedication to, to digital inclusion and to working towards equity. And so your time in that, expand a little bit more on how you became an active advocate for digital and real life equity. Why is that so important to you? Yeah. So one of the things that really shaped me in my time at Bite Back um, was 
as a communications director, working on storytelling with the students. So instead of just, um, you know, diving into data and looking at the, the, the statistics of the digital divide, um, actually putting a face and emotions and stories behind all of that um, really showed the, to me, showed the power of, um, of using something that so many of us take for granted of having technology in the palm of our hand of, you know, every day looking at my phone first thing, checking my email, using Uber, all those ways that we use technology. Um, if that was taken away, um, that would, you know, totally change my life. Um, whereas, you know, if people are given the opportunity to use those things for the first time, um, you can really see a, an amazing transformation for people. Yeah, I think a lot of us who ha have access to it all the time, your internet goes down for an hour and you freak out. <laughs> uh, so can't imagine if you had no access to all those resources and, and opportunities that are out there. Uh, and we'll get some more into that as we go through our conversation today. But outside of your digital equity work, you've all, you've done lots of advocacy. So what I want to do is paint a picture for our audience that you that NDIA and your background has really prepared you for caring about other people and that that's what this mission's about. We talk a lot about technology, but just like you're talking about with the students with at Buyback, it's really important that there are faces and emotions to all of this data. And so outside of your digital equity work, you're also the co-chair of the Rainbow Youth Alliance Advisory Council. Share a little bit about work, your work with that and the LBGTQ community. Yeah, so Rainbow Youth Alliance is an LGBTQ plus youth support group in Maryland. Um, it's been running for about 15 years and I've been volunteering with them for about 10. Um, so just a great place for, for youth to find peer to peer support. Um, and I've also really got into some at local advocacy work. Um, again, at my time at Biteback, um, working towards digital equity in Washington, D.C. Um, and I got a Queer Women of Washington Award from the Washington Blade. So I'm really proud of that. And um, there are so many LGBTQ plus advocates that are working in so many areas of social justice. Um, so that's really a privilege for me. Um, and right now I'm part of a group called Digital Equity Now D.C. It's led by CNHED in, in DC, the Coalition for Nonprofit Housing and Economic Development. And um, like so many advocates who are working at the state level, we're really excited to see where the Digital Equity Act is going to take DC um, and how that, that advocacy can, uh, you know, have progress. Yeah, and we'll expand on that a little bit when we get into the impact report, of course. Uh, it's clear it's no question that social justice matters to you. I, I think people really um, are, but they demonstrate what they care about by their actions. And so your involvement in this seems to really show that this matters to you. So is that what brought you to NDIA? Yeah, I say it was it, what brought me to digital inclusion was, you know, the inclusion piece, not so much the tech and digital piece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, even as a student, I was uh, interested in, in digging into the stories of um, like unhoused people in the community of, you know, systemic issues and it, the injustices and seeing what caused that. 
Um, and I think what's interesting with digital equity is that it kind of plays a part in all other areas of equity, in all other social justice movements. Um, without digital equity, um, you know, we can't fully participate in democracy. We can't uh, fully advocate for a lot of rights. We can't um, have the, those economic opportunities. Um, so that's why um, at NDIA, we have a tagline with digital equity, we all win. Um, and our mission is to advance digital equity by supporting community programs and equipping policymakers to act. So that's an important approach that we are really centered around our community. And um, our work starts with the community, it flows with the community. Um, and that's something that really attracted me to the organization and something that makes NDIA's work really effective. I, I think that's great. And if I may just add a footnote to that, also, I think it's really empowering to young people or people of color, people from different ethnicities, uh, genders, all of that, uh, that they can be in control of their own messaging, don't you think? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think that's another empowering factor, you know, when when someone has um, all those factors, when someone has access to internet and, uh, you know, appropriate devices and skills, um, the amount of of, uh, you know, difference that they can make in their community is just really amplified. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it's great to see a lot more diversity online and, and technology. And a lot of that is part of the work that National Digital Inclusion Alliance has been doing. And as I mentioned, RTs, this is the first impact report released since the group was founded in 2015. Why was now the time to look at this? Um, I think for, for several reasons, as our executive director, um, Angela Seifer, has said a lot, this is digital equities moment. Um, so it's kind of that perfect height that we've reached in, in the work. Um, and I think it's easy, you know, to go along in nonprofits or in digital inclusion work and kind of get tunnel vision. We're ticking off tasks in our asana and responding yeah. to slack messages all day um and it's like just as busy now probably more so for a lot of my colleagues um <laughs> but that also makes it a good time to take stock of where we are and see what led us here um take that moment to celebrate we we deserve to celebrate and reflect a bit um and look towards our mission and i don't think we pause often enough and take those deep breaths and look at the big picture. So to me, an impact report is a kind of way to do that, to take, take stock of everything. And it was also a good time because NDIA has uh, grown and expanded so much. We're soon to be 19 staff members. Uh, I'm the first communications uh, director that NDIA has had. So um, basically there's capacity there to, to make something like an impact report and something a lot of organizations I realize don't have. Um, uh, and, you know, that's, that's a privilege. It also made it a good time for this. And there's something to be said, you know, as a communications director myself, for not outsourcing that, for having somebody who cares about your mission, don't you think? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't like doing everything myself, but I, 
<laughs> I am quite the generalist. So um, yeah, I, I put together the content. I did the web design, um, obviously the, the promotion of everything. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it was a good big project for me, but really rewarding. Uh, speaking of the report, it, I have to applaud your work. It was very easy to read and well organized. It was easy to, to, to see the progress and some key moments that you made that very clear. Um, which, you know, sometimes I think we can get bogged down when we're talking about trying to, um, give a, take stock or, or look at our history, any of us, uh, connect a nation as well with our organization. Um, so uh, from the first release, and I loved your key moments section, from the first release of the worst connected cities in September 2015 to the NDIA reaching 700 affiliates, congratulations, in April of this year. What do you see are the most critical moments over the last seven years? Yeah, um, thanks for that. And the the timeline was fun, but it was also challenging to find to find yeah, it's few difficult. Yeah. Years. <laughs> um, so I think what what got us started, what led us to where we are, really that moment of having our first 100 affiliates, um, that was a kind of magical moment for the digital inclusion community because um, those people were finding others like them um, that were doing similar work. Um, and that was the first time, you know, they said, oh, someone else has has developed this thing that I'm looking for. Um, or, oh, I can share, you know, some of these best practices that we've developed, been developing at our organization. Um, so it really started advancing the field quickly. And on the policy side, um, those First connections and invitations were really important. Angela, our executive director, talks about that first meeting with the FCC in 2016 as a real turning point because people in that room were interested. They wanted to know what's happening on the ground with digital inclusion work. What are communities missing? How can we work together to close those gaps? Um, and Gigi Sohn was one of the people in that room that showed Angela that there were people in government leadership who cared about the issues and who wanted to help make those policy solutions. Um, and that kind of brings us to, to today, to the last year. Um, we had the Infrastructure Act passed with $2.75 billion for the Digital Equity Act. Um, I know the NDIA staff was so excited that we had a really dorky ice cream cake to celebrate, <laughs> had a 2.75 on it. Um, so one of our dorkiest but proudest uh, wins. Sometimes you just have to celebrate and enjoy it in whatever way, dorky or not. <laughs> yeah, cake is usually the perfect way too. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> I second that one. Uh, one of the important ways that NDIA calls attention to the need for digital inclusion and digital equity and really gets people involved is Digital Inclusion Week, which takes place in October of this year. Share a little bit about what the group has done over the last few years and how each of us can get involved moving forward. Yeah, so this will be the sixth Digital Inclusion Week. Um, NDIA has been leading it, but um, it's really for everyone working in the digital inclusion space um, to come together and raise awareness for the issue. Um, and at the point that we're at with COVID today, it's also a 
kind of perfect combination of digital advocacy. So of really getting involved in social media and, um, you know, blogging, podcasting, all these uh, digital mediums we have and doing uh, in real life events. So there's lots of opportunities for our affiliates to um, host uh, like workshops on digital skills or um, raise uh raise funds or do a computer drive, all of those things. So uh, Digital Inclusion Week is the first week of October. Uh, this year, that's October 3rd through 7th. Um, we're looking towards having um, a lot of media attention. Last year, we had 126 media mentions of Digital Inclusion that's great. Week. Yeah. yeah so, so that wasn't just national. That's, you know, our local affiliates getting that attention in, in their communities, which is really great. Um, and we had 102 events registered nationwide. Um, we'd love more than that this year. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure that we'll get it. There's a lot of enthusiasm around Digital Inclusion Week. Um, and besides our affiliates and organizations getting involved, um, it's also an excellent time if you're an elected official or city leader, or if you're a corporate leader who cares about digital inclusion, uh, it's a really good time to show it. Um, show it through a video of support, or we have sponsorship opportunities, um, and you can support local actions in your community. Um, and one of those companies last year that that sponsored was HP. So we had a billboard ad campaign around the country, including in Times Square, which was <laughs> really exciting to see the digital divide highlighted in Times Square. Um, and I'll just, you know, if HP is li listening, we'd love for them <laughs> to do that again <laughs> in 2022. It was a great campaign. Uh, do you want to give the, uh, the um, URL for that? Digital yeah. Digital so it's digitalinclusion.org slash DIW22. Yeah, and I'll include that in the description of this podcast, as well as links to NDIA and to the impact report for our audience. Uh, what are some other things that we all of us can do to get, to get involved? I know you guys have some tools and things that people can use to help address digital inclusion in their own communities. Um, to help people around their neighborhoods, that type of thing, whether it's Digital Inclusion Week or not. Right. So um, our staff of 19, the bulk of our work is creating those tools and resources for the community. Um, all of our like guides and tools are created with community input. So not only um, taking into consideration all the conversations we have with affiliates, but we also have working groups for specific issues so we can really understand what's going on and what those best practices are. And then all of the tools we make are free and creative commons, which means you can use them, you can reproduce them if it's not for profit, and you just have to shoot us some credit. So um, no stealing, but you know, you're free to <laughs> take and use everything. Um, so we have a digital inclusion coalition guidebook that's uh, been updated fairly recently a startup manual, uh, which we are updating now. So stay tuned for an updated version of that. We also have um, online a free and low cost internet guide, which we look at and update weekly. So it's always fresh. Um, we offer digital inclusion 101 webinars. 
um, which are great for those who are new to the field. And our next one is August 17th. So you can see that on our events on our website. Uh, we'll also be releasing our 2022 Digital Inclusion Trailblazer Cities, um, which is a, a great honor every year for the cities who are in that group. Um, and we have the state digital equity scorecard for states to see how they how they measure up with digital inclusion. Those are great resources for advocates too, um, to have a look at your own city and see what's going well, what's missing, um, and kind of you know push your elected officials toward uh, prioritizing digital inclusion even more. And groups can also join NDIA. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, so joining as an affiliate, uh, if you're a nonprofit or government entity in the U.S., um, it's free. And we just launched this week some other options, including Affiliate Plus membership, which is, you know, as great as it sounds, it's like HBO Max. <laughs> um, and that starts at $100 a year. So uh, we try to make it really accessible. It depends on the size of your organization. Um, but you get in with a, a closer knit group um, and you get first invites to those working groups. Um, and then if you're a company, uh, we have chances to be a corporate supporter. Um, so we just launched that as well. So um, you can take a look at those at digitalinclusion.org slash join. And again, we'll, we'll include those links in the description of the podcast. So it's easy for anyone in the audience to get to, uh, let's touch. Uh, I, I know I've got you, I've had you for a bit, but I'd like to touch on a few more things from the impact report before I let you go. Um, how about po advocacy and policy? Because this is another place where your organization and it's 700 plus affiliates can really impact lives in positive ways. Share what the NDIA does in this space. You've mentioned a couple of things, such as the Digital, uh, Digital Equity Act and a couple and the infrastructure stuff that's going on, and you know that type of thing. But how are you really um, working to impact policy and advocacy that helps people and works at closing that digital divide and improving digital equity? Yeah. So all of our policy work, um, like all of our work, really begins and ends with the community. So. Our goal is to take what we see on the ground from uh, digital inclusion practitioners and help policymakers understand the reality and create the solutions that are needed. And the other aspect of that is taking policy, which is made, which of course can be wonky and hard to understand and not my personal favorite thing. Uh, but when our policy director, Amy Huffman, talks about it, um, suddenly it becomes much clearer. So she helps um, our community understand what those policies mean for their day-to-day -day work um, and how they can find opportunities in there for funding and support. Um, so some uh, policy uh, moments that have been really important um, for COVID relief. ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act, was passed with, and it included funding for digital inclusion and broadband deployment, along with capital projects. Uh, we're starting to see that money roll out right now, which that's really exciting when the money actually gets distributed. Yeah. So we have some local governments, including uh, Cleveland and Durham, North Carolina, which have started getting local ARPA grants for digital inclusion work. 
So we're keeping our eyes on those and um, encourage our you know, affiliates and local governments to pursue that. And then of course we have the Infrastructure Act, which uh, was passed last November. Um, inside that are a number of really exciting provisions for digital equity. Of course, the Affordable Connectivity Program, uh, that's has more solidified a place for um, getting individuals connected for to internet for less or even for free, um, since there's been cooperation with a lot of internet service providers. Um, and we at NDIA, we have resources around ACP, including a working group um, where organizations who are doing outreach can go for peer-to-peer -peer questions and problem solving. Uh, we also are connecting regularly with the FCC and the White House and sharing uh, that on-the-ground feedback from our affiliates so that ACP can continue impro to improve. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a, right. that's great because it should evolve to help people, right? Even it's more. Not perfect, but it's a great program. Yeah, it's a good program. Um, and long term, we want to make sure it continues. So we're advocating for continuing funding um, because it isn't permanent yet. So that's something to keep your eyes on as well for advocacy. And what about the Digital Equity Act? We we mentioned that um, with your your cake celebration, but expand upon that one. Yeah, so that's broken down into state plans, um, execution of those plans, and then in the future, competitive gr grant program. So this will be rolling out for the next couple years or so. Um, and the first part of it has started. We saw um, in the past couple of weeks um, that all 50 states, DC territories, um, and a whole lot of tribes have submitted applications. Um, in response. So we're really excited to work with the states and help provide resources for them to build their digital equity plan. Um, so we have a toolkit coming out in September that's really going to uh, help states and help um, advocates in those states um, see what really needs to be included in those plans and how to make them equitable. And finally, we touched on the, uh, you touched on the infrastructure, the bill and um, some other funding, but out of that has come the BEAD program, correct? Which is like $42.45 billion program. Uh, what does that address in, in that, that you feel is important to digital inclusion? Yeah, so it, it addresses mainly deploy, deployment and lack of access. Um, but with this funding um, plus that ARPA funding, um, we could actually see universal service in a, a lot of areas in the U.S. So that's really exciting. Um, and they uh, address connectivity for community anchor institutions and urban multi-dwelling units. Um, and BEAD also, you know, it has equity in the name. So um, NTIA is really trying to connect it with the Digital Equity Act. Um, and make sure there's a lot of provisions for community involvement and equity within it.
Yeah, and it's it's important to note that with many of these funding programs, there is an emphasis on connecting middle mile or last mile, those people that are truly left out. So um, I, we would applaud that as well. I think that's, that's a wonderful thing that we're seeing. Um, what is the NDIA hopeful for as state leaders? Because it's, it's state leaders who are truly making the big decisions with a lot of these billions of dollars. But as they make these decisions on spending those dollars, any advice your teams would give to those leaders that are doing that in there right now? Yes. Uh, number one is to prioritize community involvement. Uh, it's actually um, mandatory in the law, uh, but we want to make sure uh, mm-hmm. beyond that, that it's done really intentionally and that there's a lot of value in the process of involving community. Um, so what that looks like is uh, really for states to be connecting with those who do digital inclusion work. And that looks like libraries, um, nonprofits, community-based organizations, housing authorities. Those are folks who have been doing the work for a while and understand their communities and their space. So they really have invaluable insight into seeing what resources are missing um, and what needs to be addressed and also thinking of digital inclusion holistically remembering that it's not just um, connection to broadband that it also involves access to devices and skills um, and we need all those pieces together if it's going to work correct and and people don't think about affordability a lot too that is such an important piece that and and as you said earlier your state uh, toolkit is coming out in september so we're going to keep an eye out for that Yes, absolutely. And overall, what do you think this impact report shows about the last seven years? What can we really take away from this? Um, I think it's a start and um, a height of a whole movement. Um, I don't think this was just about NDIA as an organization. Um, This moment that we're seeing is for digital equity. but we also have to realize what's coming. Um, you know, the Infrastructure Act isn't going to solve all of our problems. It's not going to erase the digital mm-hmm. divide. You know, some people talk about closing the digital divide within the next five years. Um, we don't really think that's going to happen. <laughs> we, yeah. There's a lot of work ahead of us. Um, and um, we have a really strong, growing community. Um, so, so we're looking towards that in the future, continuing to grow our community um, and innovating together to bring us closer to digital equity. I applaud that. And I don't think people understand how long it can take for to lay some of this infrastructure or for that to happen. And some of the challenges with equipment and trained people. It's, it's such a complicated thing that that's the reason we all have to work together to make it better. Um, but yeah, it would be wonderful. We could close it in five years, but there'll probably be some other version of that. And don't you think, even if it's the technology maybe goes further and there's things we didn't know now, uh, now that happen in five years that we have to, to work at creating right. equity around. So there's going to yeah. be a lot. Yeah. Technology so, is constantly evolving. So you know, we have to keep up with that as well. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, our CEO talks about that a lot. Like, remember, we have to keep 
working towards the the next goal and and realizing that we don't want anyone left out. Uh, what's next for the NDIA? What would the organization like to see, especially now that we're talking about the next five years? What would you like to see over the next few years and moving forward? So as the Digital Equity Act continues to roll out, um, there's going to be different phases in that process. Um, right now, we're seeing a lot of digital inclusion coalitions, place-based coalitions develop. Uh, we want to keep seeing that. We want to see communities uh, working together, creating digital inclusion ecosystems, um, and seeing commitment from states uh, to be partners in that work. Um, and our field is expanding. We have so many um, job posts on our job board. <laughs> so many folks are hiring for digital inclusion jobs. The field is growing. Um, we anticipate having a thousand affiliates within the next couple months. That would be um, wonderful. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, we also want to keep our community um, connected and close knit. We want people to have that sense that you know, I'm finding my people, I'm finding those, those gems that I can connect with. So one of the ways we do that is we our annual conference. Um, so we'll have net inclusion 2023 in San Antonio, um, at the end of February, beginning of March. Um, that's an amazing time to be with community um, and plan together. Um, and big picture, you know, we have this historic pot of funding, but it is a down payment. So we are looking to advocate for continued funding, for sustainable funding, um, so that we can continue doing this work together. I love it. I, I think all of us at uh, Connected Nation would just be here, here. We applaud that. So uh, what would you ask our audience members to do if they want to get involved, whether donating or joining? We mentioned it briefly, but if you would just uh, reiterate. Definitely join us. Uh, we just launched a new membership process. It's super easy. Um, digitalinclusion.org slash join. There's options for everyone. Our, we have a listserv that is a super rich resource uh, for um, practitioners to, you know, share resources, ask questions, um, share your and celebrate your victories, uh, post those open jobs. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, and we want you to become part of our community. Fantastic. Well, before I let you go, I like to give everybody a chance if there's anything that you thought we'd bring up that I didn't, or if you had any final thoughts you'd want to leave us with today. Um, I feel like I talked a little bit about everything, <laughs> but um, I guess we'll go back to that final thought of like, this is our moment. It's a such an exciting time for digital inclusion. Um, I'm excited to be part of it and to be working in community with, uh, with you and, and all of our partners and, and our um, affiliates. Uh, we are excited about it too. And I, I agree with you. That is the way to end this podcast today. And please pass along to everybody at NDIA from everyone at Connected Nation. Congratulations on the last seven years. And uh, we love to see where you're going to go next. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you. Thanks. Again, we've been talking today with Yvette 
Scores, who serves as the Communications Director for the National Digital Inclusion Alliance. We will include links to the NDIA's website, the Impact Report, and other items in the description of this podcast. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to ConnectedNation.org or look for the latest episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or other popular podcast platforms.